Greetings and welcome to The Dividing Line, folks. It's the day after, and um, I, I went to bed early last night. I'm, I'm perfectly uh, wide awake. <laughs> well, I did get up early this morning because I, I needed to drive out the East Valley this morning, but um, um, I had no interest whatsoever. Um, I was going to, and I haven't done it yet. There's probably got to be a way to do this. I think you you can download all your tweets, can't you? Isn't there some way to like, I don't know. Uh, I'd like to go back to um, somewhere March, April, May, some that time frame, and find the tweet that I wrote uh, one morning where I said uh, I I will never accept the uh, results of a uh, mail-in election. <laughs> And um, so here we sit. Uh, I've actually, I've actually seen, and and who knows right now? Nobody knows. That, that, that's what the problem is. Is um, I don't think anybody will ever know. It doesn't matter who wins. The other side's going to feel that there were shenanigans, um, and there are shenanigans going on. I, I just saw that in some areas there has there there is an excess. There there are more more votes than there are people in that area. Um, oh, Twitter deleted it? Well, of course. Huh? Oh, lovely. There you go. Um, no one's deleting the uh, the tweets on the left, such as the ACLU's tweet, Victory, Cal- uh, Colorado voters just defeated Proposition 115, rejecting the ballot measure that would ban abortion later in pregnancy. Then this line, Safe, compassionate abortion access for all is here to stay in Colorado. Um, what, what can explain, honestly, how anyone can use the phrase compassionate abortion? Um. Those who refuse to love the truth will be caused to love a lie. That's, that's that interesting text in 2 Thessalonians. And um, it's hard not to have that running around in your mind as you read and as you consider um, the things going on around us even, uh, even this day. Um, but I wasn't aware of what uh, Proposition 115 was. I'm sure that there are a number of uh, believers in Colorado uh, disappointed this day who worked hard to try to to do that. But the the, the fact is, um, we have a thoroughly divided nation, and part of the foundation of that division is the worldview issue. There are many people who voted for Donald Trump, who did so because they are mocked and derided and ridiculed by the elites, but who do not have a Christian worldview. Uh, let's, let's be honest with ourselves. The vast majority of uh, United States citizens today uh, have a worldview that would have been considered dangerous and disqualifying by the founders of this nation. There's, there's really no question about that either. And so 
we look out at what's going on around us. We don't know what the future is going to, uh, to hold. Um, some things have become very, very clear, uh, and that is there is no the, – the only free press uh, left in the United States uh, is hitching a ride on the big tech companies through the Internet which is a very tenuous position to be in. And that's why I have been saying for a number of months that this is a, well, at least a number of weeks, uh, that this is an election about whether there will ever be an election again. Now, remember, there are, every, there are elections in China, but everybody in China knows they're not elections, <laughs> Uh, you know, the people in Hong Kong wave American flags because they know that we used to have real elections here. Um, but, for example, you don't have real elections in California anymore. They are rigged. They are uh, designed in such a way that you, you only have one, one option, really. And if you vote for A or B, they're both the same thing. You, you don't have any, any other options. And that's probably what has taken place here. Um, I could hope that there will be a uh, whiplash effect, but I, I, I don't think so. Uh, I don't, I, I'm not one of those people that, that, that thinks along those lines. I'm looking at worldview issues. And um, I would say that the the worldview that gave that gave us our liberties and freedoms is now represented by uh, far less than um, far far less than one quarter of the American population and this is why uh, the vast majority of people are willing to um, give up liberties freedoms because they don't they don't see the connection between worldview and the foundations of these things. And once you give them up, you, you can't just expect them to be given back to you. Uh, freedom is never free is a nice sounding phrase, but it happens to be true. Freedom is never free. And um, so I was uh, thinking yesterday, well, you know, uh, like I said, I had never seen so much energy, so much excitement. Um, in my own state for Donald Trump, I've been told there's still over a million votes in Arizona that have not been counted. But I guess we were called for Biden early on, long before any of those votes were, were counted. And um, uh, like I, I, I was saying, I'm sorry, I was, I was saying our system of democracy the former system of a representative republic, better way to put it, here in the United States, assumed the existence of a free press that would seek out the truth. And um, we just don't have that any longer. And that's, that's what leads to so much of the problem is we just don't, we don't know what the truth is. Uh, we don't know what the facts are. We don't know what the numbers are. And um, we are well down the road now to Pravda. And uh, I've explained before, Pravda was the primary um, organ 
of dissemination of lies uh, under the Soviet system in Russia. And, of course, Pravda means truth. And what else would you call it? <laughs> and we are, we are well down that road, uh, including many sources that a lot of people would assume are on the right of things. Nah, uh, they're all in it together. And so without a free press, it's really, really difficult to know exactly what, what the facts are about any particular thing. But I, I was thinking if there, if there was a, um, a defeat of the socialist uh, ticket, and specifically if Kamala Harris, who will be president very, very quickly, if in fact that's the direction this ends up going, and if enough ballots can be printed and gotten into the system uh, to – turn those key states, which I honestly believe is what's taking place right now. Um, then I was going to say, well, we got four years to plead and to explain and to tell people um, this is the worldview that gave you your freedoms. And you may have never heard of it before if you're the product of the public education system You've been told that all these people in the past were terrible, horrible, nasty people, and they were bigots, and they were narrow-minded and shallow-thinking, and, and we just need to get rid of everything that had anything to do with them. We may be past that point, and if we don't have that four years, we're, we're going to have very diminished opportunities uh, for making that case. It's going to have to be person-to-person as... Uh, you know, big tech is not going to have to be cajoled into shutting down any other sources of, of uh, speech. They're already doing it, and once they, have, once they know uh, Big Brother has their back, it's an incestuous relationship. So, uh, as I've said many times before, download, archive, um, uh, Storage media is ridiculously cheap today, and uh, uh, we—I I keep saying this, but we really—we should be—we should be buying uh, thumb drives because uh, that's—that's—that's that's how we're going to be distributing the program in the future. Yes, sir, you have your microphone. Just, just so folks are clear about this, what what you're describing there is that you're asking them to download the programs and disseminate them for themselves. We have lots of storage space here. We're able to store everything that we have. Right. Getting that out to people is going to be the issue. And the well, fact that well, our no, audience... no, there's two things. One, the first is an archive. The first is uh, yeah. is everybody. We're going to wake up one morning, and our YouTube channel will be gone. Mm-hmm. That's just all there is to it. Uh, hundreds, thousands of videos will simply be gone, and. Uh, if people have archives, then people have archives. They, right. you know, there are programs they found particularly helpful. Don't rely on being able to go back and get it again. If if it's helpful, if there was something in there you want to keep, you better grab it now and archive right. it. Right. So we're I've we've said this before in the past, and I've gotten phone calls of folks saying, "Where do you want me to send this?" Right. No, and that's not what we're saying. We're we're, we're saying that if there's a situation to where we can no longer produce and and distribute, we still want it to be able to move this forward. And the only way to do that is going to be in an underground kind of way. And yeah. folks, Yeah, you know, meeting, meeting at uh, 
at a fast food restaurant and uh, uh, passing thumb drives, right. uh, hopefully not being seen by the closed circuit cameras right. and the drones and everything else. Yeah, right. Uh, that that's definitely it. I mean, obviously, uh, there are secondary uh, platforms that people will move to immediately. Um, someone even mentioned a, a alternative to YouTube. Yeah, right. Uh, so it it's definitely something we'll be looking into. We we will we will fall back while fighting uh, all the way. Um, you need to you need to set up that RSS feed for the blogs and things like that because it's it's going to take them some work to get rid of every aspect. But let, let me let me explain. Let me explain what I, I just again just don't think a lot of people who who bought the big Eva um, yes you can vote for the socialist uh, argumentation understand let me let me talk to you about the Equality Act Joe Biden A.K.A. Kamala Harris. Um, And I'll be honest with you, I'm not even sure he'll make it to uh, to uh, January uh, before stepping aside. But um, promised that one of the first things that will be done in the new socialist uh, order is the passing of the Equality Act. Now, some of you are saying, well, but the Republicans still have the Senate. So what? Um, once you have the presidency now, given that the left has made the legislative branch basically non-functional for quite some time now. Uh, What what you have is rule by executive order. And, yeah, things can get really ugly for a while. But once they're in, then not only do they undo all of the positive things that have been done about abortion, gender issues, things like that. But this insanity of transgenderism, and the farther I've gotten into the Abigail Schreier book, the the more amazed I have been at the level of moral evil that is involved in the whole transgender craze and how it it is specifically intended to destroy primarily young girls. Yes, it destroys young men, too. Boys. Um, but its primary audience is the destruction of the bodies of young girls uh, incredibly effectively. And that movement will become unfettered and with the uh, establishment of the Equality Act, which has already been passed by the House, Democratic-controlled House, um, will be put into place, even if the Republicans hold the Senate, it'll be put into place just by executive order, and there's nothing that the Senate can do about that. And if you'll go read it, it's all online. Basically what it is, is it's the insertion into the 1964 Civil Rights Act mm-hmm of the concepts of, uh, of so, so-called SOGI, uh, sexual orientation, gender identity. 
It is an entire ideology. It is unscientific, unproven, but it now owns and commands the psychotherapeutic uh, community. And hence is resulting in, uh, if you send your young person to an Ivy League school today, and by the way, any Christian would do that is just an idiot. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> um, when you. When you find out what these places are really like, when you find out what freshman week there is really like, when you find out um, about the pressure that's brought to bear on any young person to conform to the debauchery that is now the culture of these universities, uh, then you just just wake up, just just think for once. Um, but in these institutions, any kind of emotional upset whatsoever on the part of a student, and they will be told they're transgender. You have seen in in ten years. Percentages go from 0 0.02 to some classes at Ivy League schools, 40%. Now, that's obviously a craze. That's, a, that's, that's not really what's going on. But it has the complete backing of the socialist left because this is how you destroy the next generation. The, next, the, the, the Great Reset wants fewer and fewer human beings on the planet. And the best way to do that is to destroy women. So when you have 14-year-olds going to court, suing their parents so that they can not only have hormones injected into them that will destroy their ability to reproduce, but to have double mastectomies as teenagers. Um, the schools are behind this 1,000%. They will provide to the students at Ivy League schools testosterone without, a doctor, without the parents' sorry, without the parents' permission. And with, you want, you know, this is, this is a class two or class three controlled substance, so it's allegedly you have to have a prescription. You can, you can get that by rolling your eyes. You, you don't, it, it's simplicity on any of these college campuses. And this will then be written into U.S. law, into the Civil Rights Act, so that sexual orientation, gender identity, which is whatever you think it is, there are no rules here. It can change daily. There's, there's, it's whatever you, you feel you are. Uh, this now will have the force of law. And hence will be applied in the non-discrimination aspects of said law and will therefore lay the foundation for initially civil suits and eventually criminal ac action, uh, but civil suits immediately against pretty much every single Christian organization in the country uh, that would not abide by these, these rules. And hire people, you, you will be forced by rule of law to hire people who will not hold to any of the standards that you have as a Christian organization. So 
it is the end of Christian liberty, freedom of conscience, um, any of that kind of stuff. That's that. It's the end. This was this was clear when when this happens when when um, so so think about. It. The church will have a choice. You either become a leftist, compromised type of church where you accept everything that the culture says, or you close down. You go underground. You you sell your building. You start meeting in homes. Uh, There's lots of options. None of them are easy. Uh, a lot of them require a tremendous amount of sacrifice and a part of all of us. Every single one of us. We, what's coming is going to purge us all of a love of the things of this world. Uh, I've been preaching that message for a long, long time, and I have to keep preaching it to myself. If you find your comfort and your stability in your car, your home, your retirement, it's it's going to go away or you're going to go along with the society and decide that you know we're not really sure that Jesus said what's in Matthew chapter 19 i mean i mean come on you know there's lots of theologians out there that'll say that we can't really have any certainty this is just Matthew's understanding and Matthew's writing to a particular a community at a particular time, and, and he's really not represented by what Luke would say about the same thing. And see, there's always a way. There is always a way to commit apostasy. And to, and to do it while saying you're remaining faithful. There's always a way. <clears throat> that's, one of the things you, uh, that's one of the things you learn as you get older, is unfortunately over... That, that time period, you encounter so many people who have committed apostasy. You, you start, you get to hear all the excuses. And so you get this big, long catalog. And so I can see exactly how it's going to be done. But those are going to be our choices. And I'll admit that as I look at stuff like what is um, on the um, ACLU Twitter page about Colorado. As I ponder these things, as I think about um, what's going to be, what might and looks like right now will be happening uh, in the not too distant future. And I think about people who ostensibly are Christians who have helped to bring this about. It's really hard for me to not go, what is wrong with you? How can you be so blind? And the thing I have to keep in mind is, you know, in a very short period of time, those people are going, wait a minute. We, we, we didn't know we were voting for this. And we're going to be sitting here going, we told you that. We warned you over and over. We pled with you. What were you thinking? And it's going to be, it's going to, it's, yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a challenge. No, no two ways about it. Um, 
It will. But we will have greater challenges. We will have greater challenges. Um, the adoption of hate crimes mentality in our society will come back to bite us. I, I can tell you, I can't go back to the archives, but I can tell you that when that first started happening, late 80s, early 90s, as I recall, I was like, how can you read the hearts of men? You, you're only supposed to judge on the actions, not on what you... Th- and now it's established. It has... It, it's, it's unquestionable. And so once you put Soji, which is not a Star Trek character, but Soji into law, which will be done by the left, if not in a few weeks... Uh, in a few years, depending on all how all this shakes out. Um, that then becomes the foundation for utilizing hate crimes laws to shut down preaching. Because it's already, if you dead name someone on Twitter, you can have your Twitter account uh, taken away. And that's big tech, but again... In other words, your speech will be silenced, and once your speech is silenced, then it's very easy to deal with your employment, your income, your standing. Um, And this has been going on in academic settings for quite some time. And now it's just going to become, and it has been becoming uh, societal, society-wide, but you're going to see an explosion. Just all the limits come off. And you're already seeing, uh, I've seen numerous statements from people saying we, we simply have to stop worrying about free speech. We, we have to silence uh, these people who uh, threaten the safety of minority groups. In other words, if you say that it is morally evil to inject Lupron into the body of a 10-year-old to castrate them. That's the, that's the um, puberty-blocking stuff, which is also what we use to chemically castrate rapists. <laughs> um, and in children, what it does is it stops their sexual development, but it also stops their mental development. It impacts the brain. So it's massively destructive. Massively destructive. And it's being used every day. And if you dare stand up and say, this is a moral evil, it is wrong, that will be considered a hate crime. Now what? This thought was going through my brain earlier today. And haven't you learned yet that it's not good to give vent to those things very quickly? Well, you you taught me a long, long, long time ago about critical thinking, and you know, and it seems to me as I think back over the last thirty, forty years of what most Christians have been exposed to from their pastors, the things that they've been taught, the question needs to be asked: Is there such a thing as Christian morality? And what is that? Because 
we seem to run into a whole lot more Christians who think that that's a moving target, and it's a much narrower subject than we give it credit for. And if folks don't believe me, go spend a little time on Twitter with Christians and see what they advocate and how they think that we're all a bunch of Neanderthals, knuckle-draggers. Oh, yeah. So I feel like at a certain point here, we've got to start back at square one and say, Oh, yeah. There is a Christian morality. God's law is not tossed out the window. Okay? We need to teach them the things that so many preachers tossed out the window so many years ago, and these people just sat there and went along like lemmings. And we got to start at the foundation. I know. We've got to let them know there is a morality. You're violating it in your head. And you need to start with Romans 1, and you need to believe Romans 1. You need to submit to Romans 1. And if you don't, then start asking yourself, what is it that I believe, and why do I call myself a Christian? Yeah, you're, you're addressing that to Christians. There's no, there's no question about you, it. You think? But, or is it, I'm addressing that to uh, but, Christians. Uh, that's what I was saying on the last program, and that is, every nation has a God. Blesses a nation whose God is the Lord. There's an assumption there that a nation has a God. And that God will determine the moral structure of that nation. And this nation began with an understanding of the Judeo-Christian worldview and the fact that there was a God and his law was revealed. And you know that early uh, Supreme Court justices would quote from the Bible in their determinations and from the law of God in their in their judgments that would never be allowed today so something has changed a revolution has taken place um, we are seeing the active in the streets with guns revolution uh, but the revolution started long before this and we not only have to say this to Christians, we, we need to say this to everyone in our society. You're, you're living in a nation that was built by, peop, built by people who you now condemn as bigots and everything else. But the reality was they had a moral fabric. Didn't, no nation ever lives up to its stated moral standards. That's why there are laws and courts and things like that. But that's not an excuse to therefore abandon all of that moral foundation and fabric which built this nation in the first place. And that's what we've done. That's what has taken place. And the acceleration of that, you know, my hope and prayer was that the brakes would sort of remain on. That, that's, the, that's the best that I could see was that that the breaks would still give us a little more time. Um, but at the same time, even, even a strongly, strong advocate of post-millennialism like Jeff Durbin said, hey, Kamala Harris is the perfect judgment for this nation. She's the perfect judgment for this nation. And, and, but, but we have to stand up and say she is judgment. And it may end up costing us our freedom to say that. Are we ready, church, believing church, 
uh, biblically-oriented church, are we ready to come to the aid of those who lose their freedom? So let's say we stand firm and we are charged with hate crimes. And by the new standards, are convicted. Who's going to take care of our kids? Who's going to take care of our wife? The church is going to have to pull together. And we have to learn from the community-based experience of churches under persecution in other lands right now how to deal with that here. And again, the temptation will be extremely strong to just go along. There will be many voices, the same big Eva voices, that were saying, oh, you know, don't, you know, there's, there's, there's no one side here. Um, don't worry about that Equality Act thing or the infanticide thing. And, you know, there's an arrogant man involved here. Um, those big voices could end up going along with the society and providing arguments and excuses why you can too. So we're not going to be able to count on them. So who are we going to be counting on? The people who still believe sola scriptura and tota scriptura? We have to pull together. We have to take care of each other. And that means we're going to have to give up a lot of our stuff. Because that stuff is what is holding us. That stuff is the only thing the world has over us, is our stuff. That, that house, that car, um, those investments, that boat. For me, my bike. You might say, a bike? Well, can be. I'd miss it, but I better... Be prepared to give it up. Uh, I, I imagine in the gulag, you can still run around the exercise yard 500 times, something like that. Uh, but it's, it's that stuff that has our hearts. Because what else are they going to do to us? Take our stuff. Make it so that, you know, in, when you look at how the Christian church has existed under Islamic rule, um, Islam was smart. They made it in, in many in many Islamic nations. If you're a believing Christian, you you simply have to be in the lower classes to fly under the radar. You're they're just entire any of the jobs that would move you up are just not open to Christians. So remember that um, Christian janitor. That janitor who stopped a suicide bomber, there is a uh, girls' school. I remember Taliban, they are against the education of women. And so there was this suicide bomber who could go in and blow up this girls' school, and he was stopped by a janitor. And so when he blew up the bomb, he killed the janitor. The janitor was a Christian. He saved a whole school full of Muslim girls. But why was... The janitor a Christian, because that's one of the only jobs you can get. That's why. If you're going to be an open Christian, if you're going to practice your faith, go to church, whatever.
very effective mechanism. And already, if if you want to if you want to be a uh, high level, if you want to be in in psychoanalysis or psychiatry, I don't know how the Christians do that, anyways. But you, you can't do that as a Christian. You, you're not gonna you're not gonna make it in Ivy League school any longer as a consistent, open evangelizing Christian. That's considered hate speech. You're not you're not inclusive enough. And so, take all the brakes off on that, and what's going to happen? Well, we as believers, I as a believer, have to pray that I will be purged of my love of things. And if, if you sit around... Going, I don't, I don't have any problem with that at all. That's that's real easy until it's all taken away from you and given to somebody else. But the early, that's exactly what the early Christians faced, and they turned the world upside down. And that's that's where we've got to be. That's where we've got to be. And the um, addiction to constant communication with people far, far away. Our, our, our media addiction, which you may be fulfilling by watching this program. We have to recognize you may very soon be in a situation where it is what you've already studied of the Word of God that is going to be your foundation, what you've already memorized. You may no longer have access to all the sources of information that we have access to today. Will that be enough? Have you memorized enough scripture? Have you, have you spent enough time in the contemplation of the Word of God? Um, so many times when the church is under persecution, what happens then is that different elements of the body come together to supplement each other. And so I would be able to give a certain amount of information, a certain amount of background, and, and things like that. And then others come along and, and fill in where I can't do it. And, and you end up with a, a community effort um, that still may end up having holes in it. But that's how people do it. That's how it's been being done under persecution for a very, very long time. And may be something that we need to keep in consideration as well. There are going to be many who today view themselves as Christians and cannot imagine they would ever compromise, who when, when it comes down to it, are, are not going to be able to give up the things of the world. And some that you would think never would, will. Don't sit there. I'm sorry if you are one of the people saying, ah, never me. Peter, hello. Peter, not me, Lord. Actually, before the cock crows, you're going to die me three times. I'm sure Peter thought that. And here's the other thing. You, when you hear of the denominations, the churches, when you hear of the names of people who've given in, is that going to destroy your faith? Then what's your faith based on? What's your faith based on? 
I mean, I feel the pressure. I mean, what if, what if I were to give in on these things? I feel the pressure. But if I did, that's no excuse for you. That's no excuse for you. How's that foundation doing? There you go. There you go. These are, these are the questions that we need to be thinking about. And so what we need to really do uh, is to see the threat that's coming, and instead of just responding emotionally to it, we need to recognize that to give the proper response means we must understand what Scripture says. We must have a consistent argument. When you speak to the people of the world who are being taken in by these philosophies, these empty deceptions that say that they are but fizzing chemicals, they're ugly bags of mostly water, you have to use arguments that will go directly to the imago dei within them. Um, that's one of the things I, I love about the guys over at Living Waters is they, they get down to that pretty quick. They, they cut through a lot of the stuff in the way uh, and get down to the common places where we are as human beings and plant that, that seed and say, what you're calling hate speech in me is actually hate speech in you toward the God who revealed his law and demonstrated how important it was on something called the cross of Calvary. So when you mock God's right to define what is true and honest and just and right for mankind, which the entire democratic platform does. When you mock that, you are fundamentally saying that the cross was an empty joke. Because why did the cross have to happen? Because God's law is real. And God's law actually represents not only who God is, but what his purposes in this world are, and that is the demonstration of the glory of the triune God. So when God's law is broken... There must be payment. There must be atonement. And the second person of the Trinity provided that atonement in the God-man, Jesus Christ. So, when you, when you make God's law merely personal opinion, you are in the process fundamentally saying that the cross was a huge, massive mistake. And so... We have to ask for wisdom to get straight to the heart of the issue. When someone accuses you of hate speech, you turn right around and demonstrate they're the ones expressing hatred for the God who made them. For the God who made them. Will that set you free? Spiritually, yes. May cost you everything physically. May cost you everything physically. There are all sorts of areas that of, of study and work our children will not be able to go into. This has already been true for quite a while. Um, but now it's going to become just 
complaint. I mean, how many years ago was it that in Canada, Trinity Law School, uh, the, the Canadian government uh, ruled that you did not have to allow the Trinity, the graduates of Trinity Law School to practice law in Canada because of their Christian morality. So, if you want to be a Christian lawyer in Canada, how many areas in the United States is that already the case and now will become the case with law behind it? With law behind And if you think the Equality Act is the end of these things, no, it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. Uh, as well as, I mean, I haven't even mentioned, you, you know very well um, that if things go the way they're looking like they're going right now, and, and it's not over, um, but I, I personally have less than a 75% feeling that my vote was even counted and I have a 95% feeling that there were all sorts of votes counted in my state that were not cast by legal, by people who actually should be here or even are here <laughs> or have been here in 20 years. <laughs> um, so there's, there's that whole issue. But if it, it keeps going that direction, and that, that means that Basically, January 22nd, uh, get ready to get locked down, like they are in Europe right now. And get ready to have drones flying above our, our cities, watching for people without masks on. Because it's already happening elsewhere. It's already happening elsewhere. Now, some people are saying, ah, no, nah, Biden wins, COVID's done. It's done its, done its work. No, I don't think so. This is about the Great Reset. This is about having fewer and fewer people on the planet. And so you want to end human flourishing. You want to end human flourishing by destroying a God-ordained view of sexuality, the family, children. And you want to destroy economic opportunity. You want to diminish man to where he is little more than an animal in a cage that, that does enough work to be worth still feeding. That's not liberty. That's not freedom. But liberty and freedom require you to believe that man is something more than fizzing chemicals. Liberty and freedom are not meaningful categories for ugly bags of mostly water. They're not. They are only meaningful categories for people who are made in the image of God. So as I said earlier, uh, someone like a, a Kamala Harris, oh my, uh, who never, I think, polled more than 2% amongst Democrats. Amongst Democrats in a likability poll. <laughs> a, a shrew uh, is the only way to describe her. Uh, President of the United States. How did that happen? Pretty, pretty amazing when you... Uh, that by design is exactly right. You, you, are, you are exactly correct. Um, there is someone who will be compliant with anything the Chinese Communist Party wants to do, <laughs> anything whatsoever, and will promote the Great Reset to our detriment. Um, and I, I know I'm talking to the choir here. I really doubt that many people who watch the, this program um, didn't see this. 
But if you were one of them, you get what you pay for. Elections have consequences. And um, uh, I've been sort of joking with a few people that um, the only issue now is who gets the gulag early enough to get the good bunks. And the, um, the, uh, the compromisers will get in, will get there. They're still going to get there. Uh, you, you, can't, you cannot appease the mob. You cannot appease these people. So you'll, you'll still get there, but you'll, you'll also get the bad bunks because we've we'll already have gotten the good ones, uh, gotten everything set up by the time you're there. The, uh, the uh, Gulag uh, chess tournament will already be in uh, full swing, so I'm not sure you're going to be able to be a part of that. And uh, there will be some other good things we got going on. Um, there you go. There you go. That's, uh, yeah. So, there you go. Uh, I haven't been watching. Uh, <laughs> uh, people uh, creating stuff on uh, Twitter. Emergency Democrat votes being delivered, big boxes and stuff like that. And the only thing that makes that sad is that, yeah, uh, I, 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 I think that's, uh, I think that's, you know, Trump's, Trump's saying, hey, don't give up on Arizona and Nevada. It's true. It's true. I mean, uh, like I said, I've never seen, as long as all those people that are driving around with Trump flags actually bothered to vote. <laughs> um, but, again, that assumes that those votes are going to be counted. And I... Or not. Right. And that's, that's the issue. Yes, sir. Really? Well, I imagine. I had, I had a dear sister on Twitter DM me and say, do you have any words of encouragement? <laughs> and I said, for our nation, not really. Um, I'll, you know, because I'm, I'm honestly, I'm sitting here, um, I'm sitting here fighting to understand how to properly process the emotion I have, which is, I called this. And I I don't consider myself a prophet. I just looked at the trends, and I I believe Romans (laughs) 1. I believe what it says. And so I'm like, oh, okay. Now that this whole narrative is is rolling along, uh, what's going to happen is the the left, which clearly has decided this is our time. It's now or never. We've been burning down cities. We've been uh, letting letting people run riot all over the United States. Uh, so. We got to do it now. This is this is our time. We've got Antifa. We got BLM out there. We've got our thugs in place. Got the brown shirts in place. Um, this is our time. Let's do it. And it doesn't matter what it's going to take. Uh, it doesn't matter what laws we have to break. It doesn't matter how many ballots we have to print. We're gonna we're gonna go for it. And so I'm sort of like, wow, they're going to try to make this a mail-in thing. We've already known about <coughs> ballot harvesting in California. This isn't anything new. There's all sorts of stuff out there from been done in years past. 
Um, it's it's the way to steal an election, and so they're going to push the lockdowns as far into the year as they possibly can. They're going to keep the panic going as long as they possibly can. Uh, this is because look, January fifth. Look at the economic data. Did did any Democrat have a chance on January fifth unless something major happened? No, wasn't going to happen. It was going to be a. a, a a cakewalk for Trump to be reelected because when you got the, the economy zooming along like that, lowest unemployment rate in forever. Um, yeah, people are going to vote their pocketbook, and it was done. They had to do something. They had to fundamentally change the narrative and change the populace, and they did. COVID gave them gave them the excuse. Uh, then they did the race riots, and here we are. Um, and isn't it funny that the uh, the irregularities are only happening in those key battleground states. <laughs> you know, it doesn't have to happen in California because they know what's going to happen in California. Um, and by the way, those of you in Nancy Pelosi's district, you know, where she lives in a mansion and all the rest of you are, are plowing through human feces, you did it again? Wow. Those are the people that, the, hey, when you reelect those people, the rest of us suffer uh, for, for your, your behavior. See, I, I'm not of the opinion that the, the mail-in voting was that big of a deal as much as, for instance, conservatives telegraphed where they were going to be and how they were going to vote. So then you get into Sharpie Gate. You know about Sharpie Gate, right? I heard that, yeah, I heard that they put out Sharpies for filling out the ballots, and then that's they're, they're being rejected because they use Sharpies. A lot, a lot Because where machines, I was, you had to use, I wondered, because we used to use Sharpies. Yeah, a lot of the machines don't like the Sharpies, and so the ballot gets rejected and then put into a pile where it has to be hand-counted. Yeah. So those, pi- those piles are piling up. Yeah. But think about it. Conservatives said, that's how we're going to do it. That's how we're going to go vote. We're yeah. not going to vote mail-in, right? where we can... And somebody went, hey, you know what? Well, it, I did find it really weird that when I voted, um, they are handing out big ballpoint pens. And then you had to put them in a special thing, you know, because they're doing the cleansing and all that kind of stuff. Uh, all the panic stuff. But, because um, it was a hot, lot harder to fill those things in with that ballpoint pen. It would always leave a little open space in the center. And I was like, we always used Sharpies in the past. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it was, it was, it, it puts out a lot of ink instead of a rollerball. Yeah. The other problem with the Sharpie is that it, uh, on a lot of ballots, the Sharpie's so heavy it bleeds through. Yeah. So, guess 2020, the hanging Chad yeah, yeah, becomes yeah. the right. Yeah, I know. Yeah. What do you think the voters' intent was here on both right, sides? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. that's what that's going to become. Yeah, I got you. I got you. I understand. Anyway, I'm not sure where I was going there. Um, do I have words of encouragement? Well, look. I keep going back to this, but it's the most obvious example I can use. We're still better off than we were in 1349. 
Okay. And you're sitting there going. Well, and, and most people do that, but my wife wouldn't do that because my wife watched an entire. She watched the same class that I watched or listened to on um, the great courses um, on the great mortality, the Black Plague. It was at its height in 1349, and we still got a whole lot better. And all doctrinal truth that is true today was true in 1349. Nothing changed. What turns out to be the true, proper, biblical eschatology was true in 1349, as it is today. Which, by the way, is good reason not to use current events as either your basis of eschatology or your means of testing eschatology. Because I can think of time after time after time after time in church history that judging by what you were seeing at that point in time would have led you to error. So never go that way. Never, ever go that way. But the centrality of the Trinity, the Trinitarian nature of the gospel, the, the astonishing reality of the incarnation, still true. Will always be true. Um, and, and our personal experience in the past of God's blessing upon our nation and our culture and the withdrawing of that blessing does not change who God is. We may learn that we were not thankful enough. We may learn that we took things for granted. We may learn to... Um, there, there may come a day in the not-too-distant future where you may be sitting out in the desert, speaking as an Arizonan, with a group of 12 people uh, quietly singing Silent Night. And you have to do so because it's not legal to do that. And some of us, like me, I can remember um, at the big, big, big church that Alpha and Omega sort of started at, the Christmas Eve candlelight service was beautiful. Packed out and beautiful. And all those candles and the beauty of the music and the choir, it's great. And no one ever, back then, no one ever gave a second thought to the idea that that, would, that could ever, ever, ever stop in the United States. No one even gave a second thought back then to someone running in with a gun. Didn't even think about it. Just wasn't a possibility. But those days may be over, and we may look back upon that as a golden age. I will always be thankful for those opportunities. But that won't change the fact that if there are 12 of us out there singing to the Lord quietly and out in the, with nothing but a saguaro around, uh, hoping, hoping that we would be able to hear the drone approaching, um, that that won't be a beautiful thing, too. 
that would be a beautiful thing, too. The issue, again, goes back to God has the right to bring judgment in light of what he has revealed upon any nation at any time. We get what we deserve. There will be, there, no injustice has been done. No injustice has been done. And if you're sitting there going, you know, you don't have any right to complain about this. You're a Calvinist, and you just believe that, look, God ordains the ends and the means. All right? He ordains the ends and means. So, yes, there's great comfort in knowing that God's will is going to be done. That doesn't change the reality that we've been given a a knowledge of the prescriptive will of God. The prescriptive will of God says you shall not murder, and our nation is filled with murder. And the prescriptive will of God says you will honor father and mother, which means there is a male role and a female role. And, And when we start putting it into law to violate those things, we are begging God to destroy us. To destroy us. And so, are we willing to give it all up to prophetically call the nation to repentance? There is the question. There is the question. There is the question. Is that encouraging? Well, yeah. God's kingdom has God's kingdom was not uh, destroyed, won't be destroyed by the outcome of this election. How it's going to have to deal with a very, very rebellious world has been impacted by that, of course. But God's purposes will not be thwarted. Jesus' tomb is just as empty today as it was the day before yesterday. Right? As long as that light is still coming from that empty tomb, mankind will never be able to quench it. But Christians have been called to walk through fiery trials and persecutions and times when we are in the small minority many times before. Doesn't mean that the kingdom's been defeated. And we're simply called to be faithful. So, yes, I did queue up Colossians 1. I just couldn't bring myself to do it. I was just it's too distracted. There's, there's too, many, too many things to be thinking about. But we'll get to it. I'm not sure when, but we'll get to it. I'm not sure when we're going to be doing the program again, whether we'll do one tomorrow or whatever. We'll see. We'll uh, we'll obviously announce it uh, because I I think we still have a few months left on on social media, minimally. And uh, we'll let you know. Thanks for watching the program. God bless.